Peace on earth, goodwill to men. I mean, seriously, is that even possible? I mean, look around you. What peace? And not to mention what can happen in our own lives when we have broken relationships like divorce. I mean, it's hard to fathom that peace can really exist. I mean, some of us yell at our kids to hurry up and get ready so that we can be here this afternoon. But I guess there is a peace that we can manufacture or find on our own. Like the peace from the mouth of an alcohol bottle or the filter of a cigarette or the needle of a syringe or pill from a bottle. Or perhaps if we just ignore the problems long enough, the pain will just go away and we will experience that peace that we're seeking. So how do you respond to a world of despair? How do you respond when the world won't and can't give you a peace? Our response should always be a message of hope. And you see, that's the beauty of Christmas. In fact, the Bible says that for unto us a child is born. God has given us a son, and his name is Prince of Peace. So Isaiah announces that the Prince of Peace is coming. And get this, he announces it 700 years before he was even born. And then when Jesus comes to earth, his whole ministry is about peace. In fact, right before he goes back to heaven, this is what he says. Jesus says, I am giving you the gift of peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. He says, the kind of gift that I give, nobody else can give to you. The kind of peace that I give, only I can give. It isn't like the peace that the world gives, meaning that you can't manufacture it on your own. I mean, did you know that there's 790 verses on peace in the Bible? And we're going to look at every single one of them tonight. (laughs) You know, but when you categorize them all, They fall into three categories. The first one is peace with God. And that's spiritual peace. And this is the most important one because it affects everything else that you do. The Bible says that the first thing that Jesus came to do is to restore peace between us and our God. So we need this peace because any time that we go our own way, it's like we're saying that we know better than God. When I try to pretend that I'm God and I disobey God, and I fight with God, and and I ignore what God says to do, it really puts us in conflict with God and the Bible, and there's no way that peace can exist under those conditions because we get disconnected. In fact, that's why sometimes we feel a million miles away from God. But you see, God doesn't want you to be disconnected from him. He made you to be connected to him. The Bible says that since we are made right with God by faith in Christ, we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. So you see, peace with God doesn't come from what you do. Peace with God comes from what Jesus Christ already did for you on the cross. Comes from what we're about to celebrate tomorrow, which is the birth of Christ. That is what Christmas is all about. So the first kind of peace is peace with God. And to experience that kind of peace, you have to get honest with God. You have to experience a moment of clarity. You know, a moment of clarity is a life-changing moment that transforms you forever. You're never the same again because all of a sudden you see things like you've never seen them before. 
all of a sudden you see God like he really is, not like the way you were brought up to believe he was. All of a sudden you see yourself as you really are, not the way you think you are, or not the way your parents told you that you were. It's a moment of clarity where you go, oh, finally, I get it. God wants you to be honest this evening and have that moment of clarity, maybe even in this service. You know, in the very first Christmas, every one of the people that were involved with the Christmas story had a moment of clarity. In fact, Joseph had a moment of clarity in a dream. He had a dream when all of a sudden all of his doubt disappeared, and he goes, okay, I understand what's about to happen. I get it. The wise men had a moment of clarity out in nature. Sometimes you can be out in nature. And they're out looking at the stars because that's what they did. And they get this moment of clarity when they, when they say, I get it. Mary had a moment of clarity when she understood the word of God that was spoken to her. The shepherds had a moment of clarity when they saw the miracle and they have to go out and check this out. Elizabeth had a moment of clarity through her friend Mary. And a lot of times we get a moment of clarity through a friend who says, hey, have you ever thought about it like this? Paul says this about getting honest with God. He says, I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can see, and maybe even for the first time, something of the future that God has called you to share. You see, what we need is a moment of clarity where all of a sudden you go, I get it. But until that happens, you're not going to have that genuine peace in your life. It's just not going to happen. When you have a moment of clarity and you get honest with God and yourself, that means that you stop blaming other people for your unhappiness. You're as happy as you choose to be. You can't blame your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter, your mother, your father, your co-workers or your boss. When you have a moment of clarity and you get honest with God and yourself, you stop blaming other people and you realize that the biggest problem is the way that you've been responding to all of these things in your life. And here's the problem that until you get honest and you have that moment of clarity, you're not going to understand what it feels like to have real peace. Folks, society tells us that a good life is looking good, feeling good, and having all the goods. And I know a lot of people that have all three, and yet they don't have peace because they're anxious, they're insecure, they're fearful, they're afraid. They're dealing with all kinds of emotions because they just can't manufacture peace on their own. You need a moment of clarity where you go, there's actually a better way to live than the way I am living right now. And it all starts with getting honest with yourself and having that moment of clarity. You know, during the first Christmas, the angels cried out and they sang, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. So this Christmas, my prayer for you is that his favor may rest on you. As Pastor Carlos said, there are three categories of peace that we're going to be looking at tonight. And the first one is a spiritual peace that comes when you're connected with God. And the second kind of peace 
the peace that we do so desperately need and want in our life is a little bit more difficult to come by. It's a little bit harder for us to grasp because it's an internal and it's an emotional kind of peace. You see, all of us, we tend to be run and ruled by our emotions. Will we become jealous or angry or frustrated or maybe happy at a situation? And it entails how we act and how we respond to certain things. But God says that we were never created to be this way or to respond in this manner, which is why it's so important that we take a look at this second kind of peace. And the Bible has a specific phrase for this kind of peace. It's called peace of God. And peace of God comes only when you have the peace with God. When God is at the center most of your life, guiding everything that you do, he brings with him a stillness of peace to every situation that you can be thinking of. And this is exactly how we have been called to live our lives, how we're supposed to react, how we're supposed to act in certain situations. The Bible even tells us this from the book of Colossians. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Notice the word in, it's inside of you, it's internal. And this word peace, as we see here in scripture, translated in the Hebrew is the word shalom. And many of you know this word, have you heard this word before, but this word shalom, it means so much more than just the ending of hostilities. It means well-being. It means happiness. It means serenity. It means an experience of joy that this world just cannot bring. And that's what this peace is all about. And when we look at this kind of peace, the peace that God brings to you, the peace of God, we start to understand what it really means. And what it means is this, is that no matter what it is that you're going through, no addiction, no struggle, no pain, no strife, no toil, whatever it is that's going on in your life, God says, I promise you, there's a peace that corresponds with it. You've got a broken heart, I'm going to give you a comforting peace. You've got a shameful heart, I'm going to give you a forgiving peace. You've got maybe a confused heart, I'm going to give you a guiding peace. You've got a worried heart, I'm going to give you a peace that's going to help you determine what's going on. You see, God promises that when you have the peace of God in your life, that he's going to help you through every situation that you're going to encounter. And that sounds great, but how do we really achieve and attain this peace of God? Well, we get this peace of God only when we get humble before God. You see, we have to be humble before the Lord. An attitude of humility is what truly opens the door for God to instill this peace upon our lives. And we know this to be so true because in Scripture, from the book of James, it says God opposes the prideful. See, anytime you're prideful or you put yourself or someone else before the Lord, you're on the opposite side from where God is. And so God opposes the prideful, yet he gives grace to the humble. You see, grace is the key to getting this peace with God. Humbleness is the key to getting this peace of God. And what this means is that you need to trade your vanity for his serenity. You need to trade your anxiety for his tranquility. You need to trade your humbleness and your control of holding on to things for his peace. You see, we all need the peace of God so adamantly in our lives to control each and everything that we do. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord, and that's what happens. 
You know, I've had a relationship with God for my entire life, and throughout my life and my experience and my, my walk with Him, there's one thing that I've learned most prevalent above anything else, and it's this, that God is not impressed when I whine and when I complain. No matter what it is, God is not impressed and God is not motivated when I gripe with Him, when I complain to Him about the things that I see or the stresses that I'm experiencing. Now, what moves God is a heart of humility. It's about having a humble heart to come before God and say, God, I'm struggling. God, I see all the war and all the hatred and all the violence and all the frustration and bitterness and angriness that exists around me in this world, that exists around me even during this Christmas season and even exists in my own life. But God, I wanna let that go. I wanna give it to you. And it's only when we humbly come before God and we ask him for help does he actually open the floodgates of heaven and pour out his peace, his mercy, and his grace upon all of us. And that's the kind of peace and mercy and grace that I want to have. And it only comes when you humble yourself before the Lord. And one of the best ways to do this is no matter what situation you find yourself in, is by recognizing and saying that God is God and I am not. No matter what situation I'm facing, God is God and I am not. And no matter how bad it is, how big it is, or whatever Satan throws at me, I have a God that's more powerful, a God that's stronger, and a God that's more prevalent than anything this world can throw at me. And that's the confidence that I rest assured in. That's the peace that I have in my life. The prophet Isaiah, he writes in the book of Isaiah, Lord, grant peace for all we have and all we are has come from you. When was the last time you said that to God? Have you ever said that to God? When's the last time you humbly came before God in a moment and you said, God, thank you because all I am and all I have is because of you. God, I would be nothing without you. God, I wouldn't be alive without you because you give me the breath to live. God, you give me blood to pour through my veins to pump my heart so I can breathe and I can live and experience life. You see, you're sitting in your seats today and I'm standing up here today because God created us. And as he created us, he loved us to love him back. And we do that through an attitude of humility. And I know as we're coming to the end of this year that a lot of us have had a very difficult year. We've all struggled through loss, through death, through pain, through illness, through the, maybe a bad relationship, a bad marriage, a bad job, maybe financial troubles. And maybe just maybe some of you even here right now are just barely hanging on. But one thing I do know to be true is that we're all broken, that we all need the healing grace of God. And the truth of it is this, that we have a God that despite our brokenness, despite what sin and what Satan is trying to do to our lives, a God who still loves us a God who still wants to pour peace into our lives because he knows that's the solution to our problems. And it's a peace that only God can give when we have peace with God himself. And it's so important we focus on this. And so when we look at this and we wrap all this together, the Bible gives us a practical way to express this humility. And it comes in the book of Philippians and it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. But let's stop right there real quick. That's very difficult to do, isn't it? I think I break this commandment every single day of my life. 
because it's difficult and it's hard. And you see, when you worry, you're taking on a responsibility that God never intended for you to have because worry is the opposite of peace. God says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You see, God's given us an alternative. He's given us a way out. God says, no, I want you to pray and not panic. I want you to have faith and not have fear. I want you to worship and not worry. You see, as you saw earlier, we live in a world that throws those three things at us. Panic, throws worry, and it throws fear right at us. We have a God who is stronger than that, and he wants to bring the peace of God into your life that is beyond all human understanding. It's a peace that comforts us and brings us in our hearts, our minds, and our souls closer to who Jesus Christ is. And I don't know about you, but I definitely want that kind of peace in my life. How is it that you can actually begin to experience this kind of peace that Pastor Carlos and Pastor Matt are talking to us about? Pastor Carlos said, if you want to begin to experience this peace, you've got to get really honest with God. Pastor Matt says, well, then you need to get humble before God. Well, I'd like to talk with you briefly just about this. You have to, if you really want to experience peace, get hitched to God. Now, that's an old, old word. Anybody as old as I am, you understand that word? To get hitched. And that's an old, old word that kind of refers to when people want to get married. They get hitched. And that refers to when they stand at an altar and they look each other in the eye and they, they say, I'm committed to serve you for the rest of my life. I'm committed to be faithful to you for the rest of my life. And in the very same way, if you want to experience the gift of peace that only God can give to you, you have to make a commitment to him. Saying, God, I commit to serve you. I commit to be faithful to you. Now, marriage or getting hitched to someone is a beautiful picture of the relationship that, that God wants us to have with him. It is the committing of our heart to one person for a lifetime, and that person is Jesus. Amen? That person is Jesus. The commitment to love and to serve and to be faithful to that person for a lifetime. You see, Jesus offers this gift of peace. To all who commit to him, all who say, I, I want to get hitched to you, Lord, for the rest of my life. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. And you were born, Lord Jesus, to give this gift of peace to all that will just come to you as Savior and Lord. Folks, if you want your stress level to go down this year, and yet you want your peace level to go way up this year, all you have to do is what Jesus tells you to do in his word. Take a look at this. Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are tired and worn out from carrying heavy loads. Anybody there right now? <laughs> yeah. He says, come to me if you're tired, if you're worn out from carrying heavy loads. And I, Jesus, will give you something. I'll, I'll give you rest. And then he says, yoke up with me or I'd like to say it this way, hitch up to me and learn from me for I am gentle and humble and when you come to me, you'll find peace and rest for your soul. Deep down inside, that's where you'll find this, this peace and rest for your soul. So how in the world do you get that? How do you get that kind of peace? Well, our world just says, well, you just need an escape, so when you're worn out and you have no peace, our world says, just run. 
run to Tahiti or some country. Just run, get out of the place. But when you run to Tahiti, have you ever realized that your tiredness and your stress goes with you? (laughs) When you run to another country to try to find some peace and some rest, have you ever understood and realized that your stress didn't stay at the office or at home, but it stayed right here between your ears? It stayed right there with you. And so you need something more than a change of place or a change of pace. There's there's nothing wrong with going someplace, but you need something more. You need something to restore your soul deep down on the inside. When there's no peace on the inside, our world just says, run, run to a movie, run to another country. But when there's no peace on the inside, our Savior, Jesus, says, come. Don't run. Just come to me, and I will give you peace and rest. So, folks, to fill your heart and mind with real peace, you don't need another plan or another place, another pill. You need a person. Amen? You need a person. His name is Jesus, born 2,000 years ago. You need Jesus, the Savior who was born for you, not only to to save you from the penalty of the sins that we've all committed, that that we've all deserved to pay that penalty, but he was born to, to save your heart and your mind and a whole life that's filled with nothing but chaos and pandemonium. He came to save you from that and said, in the midst of all of that, I have a peace for you that's different than the world could ever give you. I have a peace for you. So how do you get his peace? You simply have to hitch your life to his life. Now, a lot of you know that, that I love to uh, boat and I love to water ski. I, I love to, to go to the river and a lot of you know that. And uh, I can dream about how good it would be to go to the river. I can think and think about how good it would be for me and how peaceful that would be for me to once again be out at the river. And I can even set dates to go to the river. But I will never get to the river and on the water until I do one thing, until I do this, until I hitch my boat to the only thing that can get me to the river, and that's my truck, all right? And if I never hitch my boat to the truck, if I never connect it to the truck, I will never get to the place that I so want to be. In the same way, if you so want to experience the gift of peace that only Jesus can give you, and he so wants to give you, you simply have to hitch your life to him. You know, you can get really close to him, and you can know all about him, but until you really hook your life up with him, you can never experience that real, amazing gift of peace. Only Jesus has the power to take you to the place of peace. The Bible says it this way, you, Lord, give me true peace to those who depend on you to those who hitch their life up to you. So here's the deal this Christmas. You can head into another year of half peace or no peace, or you can head into the new year with complete peace, God's peace. The peace giver, you see, has come. The prince of peace has come, and his name is Jesus. And he's willing to give you a real peace So the big question that we started with tonight is simply this. Is is peace really possible in our world? 
with all the stuff that's going on? The truth is this, absolutely. But it begins with a heart change, one heart at a time. By allowing God to come into your heart and my heart and asking him to replace fear and anger and bitterness and stress and disappointment with his peace and his love. And so if you'd like to celebrate Christmas this year and if you'd like to begin a new year with a peace that's something beyond what the world offers, a real genuine peace that really makes a difference deep down inside, would you bow your heads with me right now and pray this prayer with me? As I pray this prayer, would you just simply think about reciting this in your heart after me? It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Savior born for us. I believe that you are the Prince of Peace. Tonight I ask you to forgive all my sins and to come live in my life. And I ask that you fill my life with your peace. From this day on, I will follow you. And I'm trusting you to give me your promised gift of peace. Father God, as we join here tonight on this Christmas Eve, getting ready to celebrate your coming and and all that that means to us, Lord, tonight I pray that you just bless each person here, especially those who for the very first time prayed a prayer like that and invited you to come into their lives. Give them your peace. Would you just bless them and let them really sense that you have come into their life. And because of that, there's a peace like they've never experienced before. We ask that in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen.